We're not only continuing a conversation tonight, but we are continuing a collaborative, that's a word, collaborative captain's log solo RPG playing. Collaborative and solo kind of conflicts, but that's okay. I'm Michael Dismuke. I am a blogger on continuing missions, uh, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures and Captain's Log RPG, Solo RPG. Um, I'm also a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG and the lead writer on Captain's Log. And of course, we are here with the undeniable, undeniably insatiable Jim Johnson. Hey, everybody, Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log Solo RPG, both published by Modiphius Entertainment. Low these many years, also co-host on this here's show with Michael, uh, going heading toward our hundredth episode, which is going to be super exciting here coming up pretty soon, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, continuing on with our little story here. It's uh, even though it's the Captain's Log Solo RPG, you have the means to play it collaboratively, and that's what we're doing with this uh, with this little mini series of uh, of episodes here. So I think we're going to just jump right on into it here and uh, pick up where we left off with Eminent Domain. And uh, I have to admit, Michael, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. Not well, jealous. Jealous may be the wrong word, but uh, we're only partway through the first act, and you've already got a title for the episode. And like, <laughs> we're, I'm, I'm working on an episode on my on my YouTube channel, you know, working through it. And like, I've only got like the first three scenes done, but like, I still have no idea what the title of the episode is because I'm not sure what's going to happen next. And like, you know, as a writer, you would write, you would plot out the whole thing and then kind of figure out the title. But what we're, what you've done here is you've already created the title. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the rest of the episode kind of like ties into that. Otherwise- it doesn't matter. We can change it at the last minute. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from playing Captain's Log is, especially when you're journaling, is it's okay to go back up and change things. Yeah. And I, and people need to know you can do that. You're not getting paid. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the th- the point is to come up with a good story and novelists constantly will will be in act three and be like oh my goodness if this would have happened in act one this would have made this scene so much more poignant so it's a good lesson in writing i think all right so just to catch people up you can always go back and watch this i know we've had a gap of shows in between because we of course are continuing uh, conversations so we want to interview people fans writers creators alike We have different subjects, Um, but this is picking up as an example of how collaborative play works. Fortunately, we've seen a lot of wonderful stuff on social media about people doing their solo play. We've even heard about groups using Captain's Log for their group play. Um, But me and Jim want to give you an example of when two people play collaboratively, how we make a story. Both of us, if you'll recall, have picked our own characters. Uh, Jim is a captain. I am playing the XO, um, and we're going to go ahead and continue. When last we left our heroes, or in this case, our captain and XO, um, the captain was comfortable on their ship, which is a Reliant class. It was the USS Saratoga. The captain was comfortable after sending the poor XO on an away team mission in a shuttlecraft, um, along with another Orion shuttlecraft from a from a, a an Orion ship that was sent to go look 
for the crash of the USS Birch, um, which we have not yet fleshed out exactly the details of their mission um, involving an ambassador from a species. We haven't figured out completely what that species mission is at this point. Um, but when last we left our heroes, both shuttlecrafts were damaged entering the planet of a post-nuclear planet so there's storm nuclear winds and stuff like that our ship or the uh the shuttlecraft um which we decided to name after one of the writers for 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 um, star trek um one of our writers um the the mccarver the the shuttlecraft mccarver um was damaged with sensor damage whereas more pitifully the orion craft took engine damage and disappeared into the horrible hurricane dust storm and that's when we left it anything you want to add jim before we figure out how we continue this mission no, I appreciate the refresher, and yeah, I think we uh, we left on a nice little cliffhanger there, where we went to we went to an extended commercial break, and uh, things were were looking very very bad for our uh, for our heroes. So I'm yes. eager, to, eager to see what happens next here. Quite scary. Now, for those of you who are on the podcast, you cannot see what we're displaying here. Those of you who are watching us on YouTube can. I'm actually going to, you're going to be able to see as I journal as we go along, but we'll try to be as descriptive as possible for those of you who are driving and enjoying this while you drive or while you exercise. Um, and we are coming into what would be considered act one, scene two, post, post uh, commercial break. Um, and Jim, I guess the first question I have to ask you, since we know that the shuttlecraft McCarver sensors are out and we're in this horrible storm, should we go straight back into that scenario of trying to land or should we do what is a common Star Trek trope and have the craft have already crashed on the planet and go from there? What's your choice? Um... It's a good question. I think um, I, I think my gut instinct would be to cut to the chase and uh, just assume that both shuttles have crashed, or or well, I, <sighs> crashed is harsh. Maybe maybe we should have a probability of uh, whether they successfully managed to land or crashed because that'll influence the story, right? I like um, that. I, I like that. The, the Orion shuttle with the engine damage might be in a worse kind of situation. Like the probability of them landing successfully without injury is probably uh um impro improbable i would think given the right. damage that was that was done so maybe we roll on that for them and then for the starfleet shuttle i think that was sensor damage right so that was i, I would say it's probable that they'll land without incident um unless we were unless we want to add the complication about the storm uh into there and like i don't know that i want to roll for everybody's you know piloting checks or you know con checks or whatever but uh yeah maybe we go with that i love we, that we do a roll for the Orions. Did they successfully land? And then a roll for the Starfleet um, shuttle, the, the the McCarver. And you know, did they land successfully? So yeah. that that's where I, where I would go. I don't care which of us rolls on it, but uh, let's can... have you roll on it. So first, let's find out if did the Orion craft land safely. We both agree that this is highly improbable. I mean, and again, their engines were out. So if they didn't land safely, they basically blew up and died. Right. Right, right. Okay, so I, rolled, so I, I rolled a 16, so they did They did not land. <laughs> D-O-A. Okay, they are dead on arrival. Or, okay. or, or at least critically injured. Okay, we'll see if that plays in later. We'll see. Yeah. But 
they were in the upper atmosphere, lost engines, and went down in a nuclear death storm. So probably, probably, yeah. probably dead. No uh, amount of pheromones could save you from that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now did shuttlecraft McCarver? I'm typing this out, everyone. That's why I'm talking so uh, yeah. sporadically. Did shuttlecraft McCarver land safely? Would you say that's highly probable, probable, somewhat probable, 50-50? What do you think? Uh, given that they only had sensor damage, as I recall, and their Starfleet, I'd say it's probable that they're going to land without... without. I mean, there may be some little challenges and there might be some special effects about the storm and stuff, but uh, I rolled a six. And okay. so yes, they successfully uh, navigated the storm. And despite the challenges in, uh, imparted by the uh, sensor damage, they were able to land their vessel. Okay, good, good. That sounds good. Uh, I think we should ask, did they sustain any additional damage in the land? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I, and I'd say that's probably 50-50. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go 50-50 because they were out of sensors. You, I can picture them going through this dust storm past mountains or old buildings that were blown up, derelict buildings. And mm -hmm. so what did you get on that? Uh, so 50-50 being uh, 1 to 10, 11 to 20, I rolled a 14. So no, they did not sustain any additional damage. Wow, aren't they good? Okay, so that's something we could write into narrative about the expert pilot they brought along yeah. for this mission. That sounds really good. Okay, now, <laughs> this is this, is this a place where we cut scene back to the bridge to the captain? Or do we, do we stick with the landing party at this point? Um... I think there would certainly be a, a and see this is this is no 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 I'll, let me pause. We would certainly want to cut back to the bridge in the narrative. Um, I don't know that there would be any tasks or anything for us to to do. I think maybe just a note to say, hey, have a, have a short scene on the bridge with the captain, you know, expressing relief that the MacArthur landed safely and then the captain would need to express their condolences to the orion ship in orbit to saying oh you know we, we think you're uh we think your shuttle piled it in okay and i'm gonna have to push back a little bit okay for for the sake of a story like this don't you think there's a little suspense in in rolling to see if communications are actually possible between the two crafts and if there's a mystery on the bridge as to whether there are survivors or not um and refresh my memory wasn't there some sensor issues with the storm correct yeah so so we already know their sensors went down plus it's a nuclear a planet that was uh better radiation is prolific is what we rolled before so so do we want to have a the ship roll to see if it can actually pierce the storm yep. with its communications yeah absolutely so so the you know if this is a star trek episode the the two, the two shell craft have gone into the storm into the storm they've gone off sensors the ship's already the, the ship is already having issues with the sensors anyway uh we would definitely get a cut cut back to the ship to the bridge with everybody frantically hitting the buttons <laughs> like exactly like, oh we're, we're you know get get the ship back on sensors here what's going on what's happening i, I need to know what's happening the captain would be saying so yeah, yeah we yeah. should absolutely try to so there would be a task here there there'd be a moment of indecision and there'd be at least a task here to say okay ship you need to or you know sensor off whoever's running the sensors uh mm -hmm. in this case it'd just be the ship statistics yeah uh, we, we would need to roll that to determine um are they able to break through the interference and and actually detect the ship or are they blind yeah they, they have to make decisions whether they're blind or not so so yeah, 
when I look at com, it, this would be comms plus what con or science would you choose? Uh, science. Okay, comms plus science. I'm t- so those of you who are, are can't see right now, comms is ten on the USS Saratoga, which is a Reliant class vessel. The science is two. There's no applicable talents again in captain's log. Talents act like focuses in the sense of if they roll underneath the department level, it's kind of is a double success. Um, so right now we need to roll better than 12 with your 2d20 roll. Jimmy, you want to roll it? Uh, roll better than 12? Yep. Or I mean, 12 is our target number. Correct. We, we don't want to roll over 12. 12 <laughs> or under. You want 12 or under. Yeah. All right, let's see. I've got a, uh, uh, I've got an 18 mm-hmm. and I've got a 10. So, uh, so we were successful. Wow. Okay. So as communications are successful fantastic and and just so you know where i come in from a narrator's point of view is that may be something we roll multiple times depending on the severity of the storm or conditions and stuff like that because that could create suspense in the game so um but in this case what's going on then now that the what are you envisioning you're the captain you're your captain if we remember his name it's captain jinamat he uh they are uh, a near the captain what kind of conversation are they having with the XO, who's my character, Fofem? Uh, she's a Talaxian commander. W- what does that look like in your mind, uh, Jim, so that I could go ahead and take some notes for when I pump out this narration later? Uh, you, we, you know, before we do that, we should probably also roll for sensors, right? We have communications, but we might not have sensors. We, we may not know what happened to the Orion um, shuttle. Mm. So what that would be in this case... Um, that would be a sensors plus science role. Uh, yeah. Okay. It looks answer. like that's a, it looks like that's a twelve as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to roll on that, and let's see. I rolled a uh, I rolled a four. Ooh, I rolled a four and a one. <laughs> so wow, got to, we got ourselves some momentum, or we got that's ourselves right. momentum, not some momentum, but we have momentum. Good. Uh, do we want to save it or do we want to roll immediately on the momentum spend or advantage spend? Uh, I think maybe we should roll on the advantage. I think we could, I think we're going to need any advantage we can get in this situation. Um, yeah. Either roll, either roll it now or maybe hold on to it and, and use it later for the, for the landing party. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So we're, let's go ahead and save the momentum in this case. Mm-hmm. I, I also think, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Jim, but I believe in Acts 1 and Act 2, we should be piling on the problems yeah. at this point. Absolutely. Um, the, these characters, actually, let's stay on the bridge first of all. The Orions might suspect foul play here. <laughs> I think we should roll whether or not that there's going to be a social conflict element of what's going on in space while the away team is trying to survive and find the USS Birch crash site. So, so how probable do you think it is that the Orions suspect foul play? Hmm. I, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of somewhat improbable. Okay. Mostly because they, I'm sure they can see the storm. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, the Federation in general is is not known for shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> Compared to like the Romulans or the Klingons, maybe. So I would say it's it's somewhat improbable that the Orions would think there's something else going on here. 
Okay, so go ahead. No, I, I'm going to agree with you um, with that. If they do, and I will say that if they do suspect foul play, it's quite possible that they're faking that because we know Orion's always have some sort of duplicitous, not always, many times have some sort of duplicitous plan going on. So they may want to play up the drama for whatever selfish purpose they have, right? So go ahead and roll and let's see if they suspect foul play. So the, the question is, do they suspect foul play? Right. Okay. Um, well, I rolled a nine and some, someone on probable is one to seven. So we, we just eat. Down <laughs> to, uh, no, they, they, well, so here's the nuance, right? They don't, they don't suspect foul play, but they could pretend <laughs> they're suspecting. Okay, foul so play. let's roll that. But do they pretend that there is foul play? Now, keep in mind, we established last time that there's something dirty kind of maybe going on between the, this could lead this could determine whether there is something going on between the Orions and the alien that we've named Ambassador Vedby, politician Vedby, um, who is of the species Hahap Opa'ar, which we determined are somehow an origin in this world that is post-apocalyptic. So, so this role will actually determine kind of the the angle the game goes if there is a cover-up going on so do they pretend that there is fire play for political purposes mm -hmm. we could say that question and what do you think these are orions is this somewhat probable or 50 50 i'd say it's somewhat probable yeah we love our orions so you want me to roll this of course yeah since i'm typing i'm having you do all the rolls oh, okay <laughs> um so i rolled a 20 uh, so that means uh, no, it's not. It's not probable that they are. Oh, interesting. The, the, so they're not pretending that there's something going on. So they're interesting. Interesting here. Okay, so then this is a question to me. For the sake of a story and creeping, creating copulations, then is politician Vedby behind orchestrating this whole horrible crash of the USS Birch? Mm. We need a villain. We or we need a I don't want to say villain. We need an antagonist. Right. Hmm. Maybe. So is Vedby behind this entire fight? We don't need to know what the answer is and how yet. But for the sake of the game, do we want to ramp up some problems and say, you know what? It's probable. Well, do you want to call that 50-50 or do you want to call that somewhat probable that he's behind it? I, I love creating problems, so I always lean in the way of making things horrible. Act one and act two. <laughs> <laughs> so you would you, you so you're saying it's probable that he's uh, behind the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. If if oh. not, then we're gonna have to roll up more problems. That's fair. Um, well, the the dice saved you. I rolled a twelve. So so yes, somehow okay. somehow Ambassador Vedbay is behind the whole this whole this whole mess. So right. not sure how that looks yet how he managed to make the storm happen, but. Uh, um well well not necessarily this oh well, well actually no you just asked okay no you just answered a great question because if you recall correctly we had not yet determined what the technology and the and the science behind the uss birch what they were doing there uh -huh. we knew it was something terraforming mm -hmm. and we knew he was on the ship and then the ship crashed so mm -hmm. We'll have to work that out through narrative. Yeah. Cut scene back to the OA team. Uh, well, anyways, uh, let's go back to what you were saying earlier, though. So now we're on the bridge. We The captain um, knows that we have communications and sensors. 
and we can posit that the Orions don't. And um, there's a conversation, there's got to be a conversation in here between the captain and the Orions to say, um, you know, did we think that the Orions are suspecting foul play, but they're not playing it that way. Um, and they're not pretending. So that makes me think that the captain probably intuits that the Orions are generally genuinely concerned for their missing shuttle. Um, mm, I think I think that can only happen with a an insight plus something else. Okay, that's fair. Because then we can actually write in the paranoia or worries of the captain yeah. if they don't get it right. So so let's have captain roll. That would be insight plus what. Insight 10. Insight plus uh, uh, command, I guess. Yep, I, I agree with that. Yep. So, right. and, and let's see, do they have any um, focuses? Oh, you don't have any focuses yet assigned. Did right. you want to assign one now? We're doing, uh, uh, we're doing creation and play, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So, um, so what what kind of a focus so what what is he trying to accomplish the the or what are they trying to accomplish they are um having this conversation with the with the orion captain and the gist of the conversation is like to get an honest read on the orions right where we're, we we've lost we we re, both shuttles got damaged in the crash or both uh, both shuttles got injured in the or damaged in the uh in the storm uh, the the Orion shuttle piled it in, and the uh, Starfleet shuttle landed successfully. We express our appropriate concerns. We offer to help, um, but then we're also kind of probing for um, any insight. So I would say, you know, a focus would be diplomacy. Okay, so we're gonna add. I'll go ahead and add that onto our sheet. Yep. Which I'll update and send to you later. So we're gonna make the first focus of Captain Jinamat is diplomacy. So if a four or under is rolled, that will yep. ca count as two successes. Keeping in mind that we already have a saved momentum. We do. Yep. But you can't multiple that up, but. <clears throat> yep. So I'm looking for a 14 and uh, ideally a four under. So I've got a nine. So that's a success. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've rolled a 20. I've rolled a complication. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yummy, yummy. Yeah. All right, so let me pull up my uh, my handy dandy tab book here. <laughs> let me find the uh, complication table. Nice. If you know the number, if you know the page number offhand. Yep, anyway. two sixty nine. And again, for people playing the game, we also have the option to treat this as threat, meaning that we could go look at the generating random threat spins on page two seventy eight, and we could roll something on there to make their life more difficult too. So I want to I, I want to remind people you can roll on the complication table or you can roll on the threat table. What would you rather have? Would you rather have random threat or complication? I want, you know, I kind of want to go threat because people, I think they need to see us do it. Okay. Uh, now, in this case, we could roll randomly for, for what kind of a threat it is, or we can mm -hmm. just pick one. What, what do you think? Um, let's see if we can. Um, I'm okay with either one. I think picking one is kind of fun because we, we are contained on a planet right now. Yeah. So the options, so everyone who can't see, it could be hostile alien entity, it could be gravity, psionic incident, ship in distress, subspace, systems failure, temporal anomaly. Which one do you think best suits this situation? Well, we, we do have some ongoing system failures on the ship, right? So maybe we should just add 
add to that for the for the um the which which ship the saratoga or the mccarver the saratoga how do we get system failures on the saratoga well we already have some sensor issues don't we that's on the mccarver the shuttlecraft harbor um okay uh I almost feel that hostile. The, the complication doesn't have to relate to the Saratoga. It could be just part of the story, right? Correct. So yeah, so let's add this complication to the to the to the away team. <laughs> okay, so okay, good. Lives harder. So we're rolling on the threat table systems failure. Systems failure. Yeah. Go for it. Roll. Threat let's see what we get. Failure. I'm rolling a D20. I got an 11, which is navigation and flight control. Rut row. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, so I think that means they, they ain't leaving the planet in the macabre. Yeah. They landed safely, but they, they bent the nacelle or something. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. The, the RCS thrusters are out of alignment or something. Okay. So, so this is good. So we already figured out you had one success in this. So the captain determines that the Orions are being legit. Right. But we cut scene now to the McCarver, and this is where we find out that they're inside. And so this is where my character, um, Fofum, the Talaxian commander Fofum, maybe the scene would open up with them coughing like we always see in the you know Star Trek episode. The smoke is filling the cabin and, and the helm control officer, which we'll name later when narration uh, is like, oh, where are we? Sensors were out. Oh, we've cracked both nacelles we've lost navigational and flight controls there's no way we're getting this baby off this rock mm -hmm. unless we have spare parts yeah but they can communicate with the mothership so i'm going to be the cap the commander in this case i'm going to say hey you know a, a commander uh Jinima, and i'm i'm coughing because of the smoke this is <laughs> commander bofim calling in um, we're not getting shuttlecraft McCarver. I cannot advise you at this point to send another shuttlecraft down until the storm passes. Um, transporters are down. We are within blank kilometers to the USS Birch, we believe. What do you advise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we go into that, though, Michael, I do want to ask you a, like a logistical question. Sure. Um, that, that, that scene had some important stuff in it right we we get we, we got some meaningful stuff done in terms of the story we had that conversation between the captain and the orion we learned some new information and then we cut scene from the bridge back to the to the away team in the shuttle so does that make a logical place where we would check off another delta and move into the next scene of act one yes yeah totally so basically at this point let me go ahead and for those of you who are seeing it after um after the diplomacy action that we saw happened, right. we would be in Act One, Scene Two. Right. So this is the second Delta marked off now, and uh, the reason we're doing that is because, like, ideally, every scene is contributing to the to the story. You hit a certain moment where you've accomplished whatever that scene needs to accomplish, and then you're cutting scene, going on to the next one. Once you've cut that scene you can decide whether it's a success or a failed scene, but either way, you're checking it off and you're moving on to the next scene. So we have completed scene two. We're now going into the third scene of this first act. And meanwhile, back in the shuttle, you know, the, the first officer has just done everything that Michael just said. The, the captain would probably say, well, we can't beam anybody down. It's not safe to uh, send another shuttle down, but we're going to get the engineering team 
to start hustling to uh, maybe refit a shuttle, another shuttle to to withstand the the radiation storms. So so that would be a little a little a little beat in the conversation to say, hey, chief chief engineering officer, whatever your name is, um, get to the shuttle bay and start cranking on a on a on refitting a shuttle to withstand radiation, you know, the radiation storm, whatever's you know, techno babble here. Um, well, I want to add something else too. I'm looking at the USS Saratoga, Jim, and if you look at the talents, one of the talents is actually high power tractor beam. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think we should almost this we've been doing this for about 30 minutes now. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes an interesting place for us to get ready for another scene in another episode. Okay. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> a good place to stop then. because uh, there's all kinds of directions we could go with that. Cause I, I see that the ship also has uh improved hull integrity. Yes. So, so maybe there's a possibility here where if we if we decide we need to we need to go rescue our away team mm. before they go to the birch, um, maybe we do some daring um action where we we bring the we bring the Saratoga either Ooh. into the into the atmosphere like the or, mesosphere. Yeah, or closer to the planet to mm. take advantage. So so our impro- improved hull integrity is attempting to withstand the rigors of the of the radiation storm. Um, and meanwhile, we're using our high power tractor beam to kind of punch through the, the storm to get our shuttlecraft back. So there, there's some possibilities there we, we could play with uh, next time, I guess. And, and I think one of the things I would do, because we're still in act one, in order to make a story like this really powerful is a sense of urgency. I think we'll talk about it next time, but I think we need to create some sort of contact with the USS Birch that makes us that the away team has a reason to, before you do this solution, we have to, and we have impetus to go over there and do something. Uh, okay. Like a dangerous walk in EVA suits through this environment. Right. Well, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the uh, if the sense of urgency. Were we? And I can't remember off the top of my head. Were we able to scan the birch for life signs? Nope. We ha- now that we're closer proximity, though. Next time when we open up the next scene, I think that's something we should do. Okay. Let me put a note here. Yeah. Closer to birch, and better scans. Is that there are life signs, and, and maybe they're in danger of being in, impacted by the radiation. Then maybe that's the ticking clock. Is that we need to get to them to assess their status and then get them off the planet yep. <laughs> the radiation takes everybody out, including the away team, because like they, I'm sure they've got EV suits on the shuttle that they're, that they're not going to have to put on. And they're probably not designed to withstand sustained radiation, powerful radiation plus 600 uh, mile an hour hurricane winds. Plus 600 mile an hour. <laughs> so, well, oh, yeah. 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 So think <laughs> think about this for a second. This is great. I love horrible situations. Not only do we have a saved momentum, but we also have, and I want people to understand how you do this. <clears throat> we found out that Vedby is behind the entire affair. Yes. But notice I wrote down reveal later. Yeah. That's not something at this point in a story you want to reveal. That is an end of act two reveal. Right. So we're going to build up, but I'm going to keep keep these notes here so yeah. that we kind of build up to that act two. Things are super horrible. We think we're going to die reveal act three. The heroes can dig themselves out of the mess. Right. OK, this is awesome, Jim. Yeah, I love it. 
So as usual, what I'll do is now that we've played this, now that, that once this episode posts, I'm actually going to actually post the narration too, so that you can go from watching this episode, then you can go to continuing missions and you can actually see the post narration. I'll send it to you, Jim, of course, to approve and tweak as you want, but that way it can land the same day as the episode and people can see how we take our dice rolls and turn it into narration in Captain's Log. Awesome. All right. Awesome, awesome technology. <laughs> All right, Jim, wonderful night. Let's head over to our gratitude uh, moment. Um, I'm going to actually head over. Let me stop sharing for a moment, because one of the things I'm going to do is go over to continuing mission. <clears throat> Sorry, I just coughed again. I still am being affected by the smoke in the shuttlecraft. Um, <laughs> it's happening. <clears throat> and I'm going to shout out some people who've been posting <clears throat> Their captain's log play reports. Um, we have CC Chamberlain, who on August 21st posted play reports and well thought out insights about their first experiences with captain's log. And I have to say, when I looked at their story, not only did they have some of the coolest um, uh character cards that they had designed themselves. I still need to ask how they did that, but they posted three stories from three different captain log sessions. And Jim, they include not only the narration, but actually the dice rolls. Wow. That's awesome. I was just like flabbergasted with how cool that was. So CC Chamberlain, thank you for um, showing off your work because I know it changed how I do my personal captain's log. I was like, Oh, I got to do this. So I upgraded my story right away. So CC Chamberlain, thank you so much for that. <laughs> awesome. Yep. And uh, tonight I'm going to thank all, I'm going to thank all the fans again. I, I know I do it every episode, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's, it's important. Um, everybody who's picked up and, and I'm not saying this because you bought the book, but because you picked up captain's log and you're doing stories, the important thing I care about is that you're sharing those stories. You're not just keeping them to yourself. You're adding them to the zeitgeist and you're adding them to the star Trek universe. You're sharing these things showing what you're working on people. You're getting other people excited. You're getting me excited. You're getting Michael excited. And, and it's so exciting to see that you're using the tools that we made and you're making these amazing stories that we can see that you're excited about, right? Like I can see how pumped people are for telling Star Trek stories and unlocking their creativity. And I'm so grateful to be in this position where we were able to do that, but especially grateful that you're sharing those stories. Like I really wanted people to start sharing stories to feed us and to feed me. Uh, so thank you uh, fans for doing that. Really, I gotta, I guess this is a new realm of creativity. I, I wish that I had this growing up as a kid. And the yeah. fact that everybody can join this huge writing exercise <clears throat> is a new art form. Um, it's such, you know, again, it was such a privilege to work on this book to, but, but to see people, how they develop stories and learn how to write. I hope high schools use stuff like this in creative writing classes yeah. to inspire people. Like it's blowing my mind what people are contributing. And again, we've just, I have a bunch of submissions that are backed up because I only do one post a day on continuing missions. <clears throat> we don't want to over, but when you start seeing some of this stuff coming out, it, it's mind blowing. It's making me a better writer. That's for sure. That's awesome. And uh, I think um, I don't think this is going to. Well. I can't imagine it being an issue, but if, if it is, Al, I apologize. I think Al told me that he's going to be using Captain's Log in his classroom uh, to help uh, uh, students do some creative writing, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I mean, this book just literally just came out, right? And I mean, it'll have been out for a while by the time this episode airs. But I, I cannot wait for fans to finally get to a point where they're all working on this, where we start seeing collaborations 
among various writers to or to do like anthologies or to do like mm-hmm. shared universe kind of things like i, I think um um eric campbell was talking about this on his twitch a couple of weeks ago where he wanted to do this whole storyline where like he's an admiral on a space station and anybody who wants to play could play a captain of a ship stationed at that station and then they're all telling their own stories but it's all linked right yeah. like yeah. there's so much possibilities here and now the one thing i'm thinking about is uh, next year i'm going to try to do some conventions and uh what i think would be super cool is if i could find a way to do like an hour-long workshop or maybe like a two-hour workshop and just like everybody brings their captain log books if they have it or i'll bring pdfs or something um and then, then like collaboratively we can come up with a, like a high level concept and like all everybody in the workshop writes a story using captain's log as the as the tool and then we can just kind of like see what our results are at the end of the workshop that would be super amazing that would be fun i would love to see that as a round table workshop yeah. where while you lead it i take notes and kind of scribe the story on like a big board that would be cool. and people just take turns yes anding around the room yeah. deciding yeah. what to roll on that would be deep yeah that would be awesome it, it, it would almost be like uh uh, like a like a like a TV show writers room breaking the story right beat by beat. It'd be similar Ooh. to that, except we're using the book to help us um, sort through the the ideas and stuff. So we're using the book as a tool. To, I mean, that would be cool. We could <laughs> blend it with half the cat. We could we could blend it. Yeah. Yeah. With save the cat. I keep calling it half the cat. Sorry. We, we could blend it with save the cat, which says use no more than forty index cards, no more than forty scenes. Oh, yeah. And if we had 40 people in the room, each person could write a scene and we could actually at the end have what is a real writer's room. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Lots of possibilities. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> IDIC. Uh, live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>